Talking about journeys, y'all know that uh, this morning we are continuing our 10th annual road trip sermon series. And, and this year, you remember that our road trip took us to the, the beautiful, booming metropolis of nameless Texas. And uh, it's like we said last week, um, there really ain't much there. Uh, there is not much to do. There is not much to see in Nameless. There's the, the Nameless School. There's a Nameless Cemetery. As you just saw in the video, there is the Nameless Road. There's this Nameless intersection. And y'all know there, there's not much in this town if we are scraping the bottom of the barrel to mention a road, right? Uh, um, but while we were there, as we were looking at this, as we were looking at this intersection, we started to think that, and it struck us that isn't that, isn't that a, a perfect metaphor for the life of faith? This nameless intersection, these nameless roads that, that we travel. Because Pastor John was absolutely right in our video. I was never supposed to be here. Um, back, back in 1997, I had my plan. I had my life all planned out back in 1997. I was going to Swanee University. I was going to the University of the South in Swanee, Tennessee. I was going to be a biochemistry major. I was well on my way in my head to going to med school. And I wasn't the only one. My good buddy, Andrew Clugston, was on his way to, was on his way to Swanee too. Um, man, we would have tore that mountain up. Um, <laughs> but neither of us actually ended there. Uh, Andrew ended up at Bucknell. I ended up at, at Baylor. It took us seven years to actually end up meeting after all of that. But, I was so sure, I was so sure of, of, of my plan. I was so sure of, of that plan. I was so sure, in fact, that I have one of my senior portraits from back in 97. I have a, in my senior portrait, I have a purple and gold Swanee baseball cap on. Because I just knew, um, had God only cooperated, I mean, had, had God only cooperated with my plans, who knows, who knows where I would have ended up? Who knows who? I would have ended up. But it was one of those nameless roads, it was one of those nameless intersections, one of those nameless crossroads that got me. My dad was coming out this way, my dad was coming out to, to Dallas to do, go to a conference with his work, and so I just kind of hitched a ride. Uh, I came out here with my dad. I'd heard some interesting things about this school down in this place called Waco, and, uh, and I had a couple of extra college tour days to burn in high school, and so in 97, I came out with my dad and spent, spent the time up here, and then we went down to Waco, and we ended up touring around Baylor, and uh, I, I don't know, I, I can't explain it, I can't describe it to you. It makes absolutely no sense, but I, I just knew. On that tour, I, I, knew, I knew down here, I knew in my gut, I knew in my soul, I knew that's where I belonged. I knew that's, that's, that's where I was supposed to be. And, and on this side of all of those decisions, I thank God. I thank God that, that he didn't cooperate with my plan, but instead he kind of tricked me, he kind of coerced me. I thank God that he wooed me into into cooperating with his. Because it was there, it was in Waco, it was at Baylor. That's, that's where my, my call to ministry first started to, to take shape. It was there. It was, it was there where I fell in love. It was there where I fell in love with my wife. It was there where I fell in love with the church. It was where I, I fell in love with the Bible. And at the time, I didn't understand it. At the time, I, I didn't know. I couldn't see. And that was probably a good thing. Had I known back then what I know now, had I known back then that all of that was going to lead to this, huh, 
please. I would have run so far. I would have run so fast. And that's the thing, that's the thing about those, those nameless crossroads, those, those precious nondescript moments when heaven kisses earth, they have so much to teach us. And that's exactly what we're going to see in our scripture for this morning. So if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and open them up. This morning, we're going to be in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 20. So open up your Bibles if you have them. Maybe you have a, a Bible app on a cell phone. you got the WC Life app. Go ahead and turn it on again. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 40. And, uh, and this is one of those stories. Uh, this is one of those passages that I really think needs a little setup. We need to kind of know the background here. Because uh, this morning, we're going to be talking about a moment in the life of Joseph. And we're going to be talking about the Genesis Joseph here, not the, uh, not the adoptive father of Jesus Joseph that we meet in the New Testament. We're talking about Joseph here. Um, and I think it's really, um, it's one of those moments, one of those episodes in his life that I don't think gets, it, gets its proper due. Um, remember what's going on. J- uh, Joseph's daddy, Jacob, had been playing favorites. And I know this is a Father's Day sermon, and so I'm supposed to say something, I don't know, encouraging or inspiring to the dads. And so dads, here it goes, don't do that, okay? Don't play favorites. Jacob, Jacob had been playing favorites, and Joseph's brothers hated him for it. I mean, they hated him so bad. They hated him so much, they sold him into slavery. They sold him into slavery in, in, into Egypt. But it was there in Egypt where he kind of rose to power. It was there where he, he rose to prominence in his master's house. He became the head of his master's house, the head of Potiphar's house. But his master's wife, Potiphar's wife, took an eye to Joseph. And she tried to seduce him. But whenever he rebuffed her, whenever he refused her, you remember she, she cried out, she yelled out, and, and she accused him of assault, which landed Joseph in prison. And that's where our scripture picks up this morning. Again, Genesis chapter 40, beginning this, our reading this morning with verse number one. Friends, hear the word of the Lord. Genesis says, sometime after all this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and and his baker offended the Lord, their king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, with the the chief cupbearer and with the chief baker. And I've spent all week trying to figure out how bad did that chief baker burn the biscuits um, to get thrown into prison. Pharaoh was mad with his chief cupbearer and with his chief baker, and he put him into the custody of the house of the captain of the guard. He put him in the prison where Joseph was confined, and the captain of the guard uh, charged Joseph with them. And Joseph waited on them. And they continued there in custody for some time. And one night they both dreamed, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were both confined in the prison, each with his own dream and each dream with its own meaning. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. And so he asked Pharaoh's officers, uh, who were, uh, uh, um, he, uh, verse 7, so he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with them in the custody of his master's house, why are your faces downcast today? And they said to him, we have had dreams and and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and he said to him, in my dream, there was a vine before me and, and on the vine, there were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms came out and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and I pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, this is its interpretation. The three branches are three days, 
Within three days, Pharaoh will lift your head and restore you to your, to your former office, and you, will, uh, you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand just as you used to place his hand whenever you were his cupbearer. But remember me. Remember me when it is well with you. Please do me the kindness to make mention of me to Pharaoh, and so get me out of this place. Get me out of this place. How many times have you prayed that prayer? How many times have I prayed that prayer? Lord, just get me out of here. Lord, get me, get me out of this mess. Lord, get me out of this place. How many times have we prayed it? How many times had Joseph prayed it? Because he'd been betrayed. He'd been betrayed by those brothers. He had been betrayed by that wife. Betrayed here by the, the nameless cupbearer to the king of Egypt. And it's true, just go ahead, read. Read nine more verses and, and, and you'll see. You'll, you'll see that it's true. Everything that Joseph said would happen, happened. He was released, this cupbearer, this nameless cupbearer was restored. He got his job back. Everything happened just like Joseph said it would, except for one thing, except for that little, hey, remember me thing. Immediately, straightway, the, this nameless cupbearer, he goes and he forgets. He forgets Joseph. He forgets him for two whole years. And friend, you can't tell me. You can't tell me that in the course of those two years, you can't tell me in the course of those over 700 days, that cupbearer, that he didn't have even just a passing recollection of, of, this, of his time back in jail. But here's, here's the thing I don't want to admit. Here's the thing I don't want to admit to y'all. Here's, here's the thing that that I don't really want to admit to myself. Um, I don't want to admit that for as much as I really don't like this guy, for as much as I really don't like this, this nameless cup-bearing ingrate, for as much as I don't like him, the very things that I don't like about him are the very things that I don't like about me either. I don't like that, like him, I can be entitled to. I don't like that, like him, I can be opportunistic to. I don't like that I, like him, can be ungrateful and that I can be forgetful to. I don't like that, that I can make it through a storm, that I can get to the other side, and then I can almost immediately forget the hands of the one who brought me through the rain. I don't like that about me. But it's a choice. Every day, we, every day we make a choice. In fact, the experts say that, that we actually make about 35,000 of them every day. Every day we make a choice. Every day we, we come up to these nameless crossroads, to these decisions. And, and in the moment, most of the time, we, we don't know, we can't know how important, how big some of those decisions are going to be. But what we can know what we can do, at least what we can try to do, that we can try to honor Jesus with every choice, with every decision that we make. And so this, this morning, uh, I want us to consider just a couple, I want us to consider just a, a couple of the, the most common cross, crossroads that, that we face that we're going to encounter and like these nameless crossroads. But this morning, I want us to give them a name. Um, and the first one is this. 
It's the intersection of busyness boulevard and gratitude gulch. Because um, I, I can't tell us. Um, I wish I could, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know why that, that nameless cupbearer, I, I, I don't know why he forgot Joseph. Maybe it was pride. Maybe, maybe it was ego. Maybe it was fear. Maybe it was just good old-fashioned denial. He just wanted to forget that entire whole prison episode. He wanted to forget that, that whole chunk of his life. I don't know what it was. But I'm willing to bet that just a, a small portion, at least something that played maybe even just a little, a little part in his decision was busyness. He got set free, he got released, he got restored, and what's he want to do? He wants to prove himself to the king. He wants to get back into his good graces, and so he works. He puts his nose to the grindstone, and he works, and he works, and he works, and he forgets. It's just too busy. And maybe, you know what, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he was just waiting. Maybe he was waiting for the perfect moment to, to mention Joseph. Maybe he was waiting for the perfect moment to mention his Redeemer. The thing is, the perfect moment never came. It took two years to come. And, and it reminded me of this story. It reminded me of one of my favorite stories. It's an old story told about Lee Iacocca. Um, Lee Iacocca, the, the, the famed former chairman of the Chrysler Corporation. As the story goes, Mr. Iacocca was out at dinner one night at a restaurant in Detroit, and he was just kind of sitting there minding his own business. When another businessman uh, was there in the restaurant, he kind of bumped in to Mr. Iacocca and he turned around and realized who it was and he was shocked, he was surprised. And he said, Mr. Iacocca, he said, it is, it is such a pleasure. He said, I am so honored to get to meet you. He said, my name's Jack and I'm here with some of my buddies from work. I'm here from some of my, my work colleagues and we're over there at that, that table, that, that booth in the corner. He said, it would really impress them, sir. It would, it would really impress them if you would come over in a little bit. And could you, could you pretend to know me? And Mr. Iacocca, being kind of a good-humored man, good-natured man, he agreed to do it. So he gave it a little while, and moments later, he, he kind of moseyed over to this table, and he says, hey, Jack, man, how you been? And, and Jack looked up from the table, and he said, not now, Lee, we're busy. <laughs> Busyness. It makes us do some really foolish things. Busyness. It, it makes us make some, some really foolish decisions. Um, and I wonder, I wonder how often we and I, we've, we've said it, maybe not out loud, but in our hearts. Yeah, yeah, God, not now. Can't you see I'm busy? Yeah, gratitude, not now. Can't you see that I'm busy? And I get it. It's, uh, it's a really easy crossroad to miss. It's a really easy turn to miss because there are an awful small number of folks that are taking it these days. But man, what a difference it makes. Gratitude it makes a huge difference because you see, it teaches us, it trains us. It trains us to start remembering God. It trains us to start to, to see God, to see God's faithful hand, the hand of the living God at work, even in the betrayals of life even in the disappointments of life. A couple years ago, the New York Times had published this article, this crazy article, and I, I clipped it out and I put it in, in my files. It was an article about this, this corporation. Back in 2005, there was this, this massive Asian uh, tech 
company. And for years, they had been storing up, they had been investing in, in art, I mean, masterpieces. They had spent tens of millions of dollars on, on, on art, on, on paintings. And I'm talking like Cezannes and Van Goghs and Picassos. But if you remember back in 2005, the Asian economy, it started flagging a little bit. Um, and so the CEO had this brilliant idea that he was going to sell. He was going to sell just a portion of this artwork to get a little extra capital flowing into, into the company. And so the CEO reached out to the executives. He reached out to agents of both Christie's and Sotheby's, uh, the two major auction houses. And he requested for them to come and to, to submit proposals. Um, what would it look like for them to run this, this auction uh, as, as they, they auctioned off this art? And from the proposals, from, from the, the projections, the two houses, whoever won, they stood to gain somewhere in the neighborhood of about $2 million in commissions. And so agents from Christie's, agents from Sotheby's, they went quick to work and they, they developed their proposals and they sent their sealed bids, bids over to Japan. And, and whenever the executives opened up the bids, much to their surprise, the, the bids that both auction houses had put in, they were almost identical they had submitted bids, they had submitted proposals that, that, were, that were so same. They were, almost, they, were, they were almost intelligible from, from one another. But the CEO, he, he, he just moved right on in to, to plan B. Um, if both of their proposals were, 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 were the same, he went to plan B. He called them over. He called agents from Sotheby's and he called agents from Christie's over and they were gonna settle this thing face to face, but not with a debate. Not with yet another presentation. He was going to have them come over and they were going to settle this thing with one winner-take-all hand of rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> True story, crazy. Two million dollars on the line. And so whenever they heard the, the, the terms of this deal, again, the agents of both auction houses, they went right to work. They dove deep into gaming theory and, and strategy, and they talked to sports psychologists. They even got in touch with the, with the International Rock, Paper, Scissor Association, which apparently is a thing. Um, on the day of the competition, they, they showed up. And in the end, Sotheby's, they, Sotheby's went with their head. Sotheby's went with the odds. They just kind of figured that Christie's would, would open with the strength of rock, and, and so Sotheby's went paper. But the Christie's representative, um, she went with her heart. See, the night before she'd had a dream, she'd had a dream just like these two officials of the king. She had a dream, the dream told her to go scissors, and so she did. She went scissors, scissors cut paper, and she won. She won the deal, she won the contract, in the end, landing the, the, the Christie's Corporation, the Christie's Auction House, a commission nearly $2.9 million. One chance, three choices, and oddly, um, we experience gratitude in, in much the same way. We can see it all as a game of chance. We can be grateful only when we win, only when things are going our way. We can see it as, as a game of chance, being grateful, being thankful, only in those rare Goldilocks moments when everything is just right. And when we're deliriously happy, it can be a game of chance. Or gratitude, gratitude can be a choice an active conscious decision of our heart, our mind, our soul. It, it, it's, a, it's an act of the will to find something to be thankful for, to find something to be grateful for every single day, to trace God's faithful hand at work, even, even in the valleys, especially in the valleys. 
especially in the ditches, especially in the gulches. Gratitude, immediate, specific gratitude, expressing it to the Lord. But I think that's just a result. I think that's a result of, uh, of, of another intersection, of an even bigger crossroads that we need to talk about this morning. The intersection of Responsibility Road and Abdication Avenue. And this is what I mean by that. Um, faith comes with, with certain obligations. Um, the, the faith comes with, with, with certain needs, some th- certain expectations. All right? um, yes, salvation is free. But it costs us everything. Yes, grace is free, but it costs us everything. It tells us to, to deny ourselves, to pick up our cross, and to follow. But how many of us actually do that? Most folks, most folks are just, we're just playing games with it. We, we abdicate our, our responsibilities. We outsource our responsibilities. We forget our responsibilities, the expectations that God has for us. And sadly, the Bible is full of that story. Sadly, the Bible is, is full of folks who, who miss that turn. It's, um, it's Israel. It's Israel asking Moses to, um, to, to take care of all of their spiritual needs. It's Israel asking Samuel to take care of all of their worldly needs. Moses, Moses, you go. You go and talk to God for us because we don't want to do it for ourselves. Samuel, you give us a king. Give us a king that will fight our battles for us because we don't want to do it for ourselves. It's, it's Jonah running to Tarshish. It's Judas running to, to Caiaphas. It's the... This is the tragic tale of those who, who abandon, who abdicate their responsibility, who try to take the easy way. And please, Lord, please, Lord Jesus, don't ever let us take that road. Because so often what's required of us, our responsibility, our chore, our task, our mission field, know what it is? It's simply sometimes just, it's just to see. It's just to be aware. It's just to, to serve. And to help, it's just to remember. It's, it's Joseph here. While even in prison, he saw. Even while he was in prison, he took the time and he noticed those fellow prisoners, how their, how their face was sad, how their face was downcast. And then what he, he did what he could to help. That's what it is. Um, our, uh, our middle schoolers, a bunch of our middle schoolers this, this past week, were up in Arkansas. Our middle school mission trip took about 100 of our 7th and 8th graders up to, up to Little Rock, and they had an amazing time. We're hearing some great stories uh, from, from our young people. Um, most of them we can actually share in church, too, which is, you know, a benefit. Uh, uh, had an amazing time. And so last weekend, you'll remember, and I think we actually kind of gave out of bracelets by, by this service uh, last weekend. But last weekend, we had asked the congregation to, to pick up one of these bracelets. Um, we had these bracelets uh, kind of printed up, um, and on the bracelets there was a name of, of one of our students. Um, and we asked the congregation, if you take one of these bracelets, and would you, would you just re- remember our students? Would you remember this student in your prayers this week? Um, and I got to tell you, having this, this bracelet on my wrist, it was a real, it was a real help to my memory. Uh, but on Tuesday, I got an email from a gentleman. He reached out to me, and he told me that he had gotten one of these bracelets. But strangely enough, his bracelet, it, it was blank. <laughs> It didn't have a name on it, but I loved his response. He said, picking up with the spirit of this sermon series, he said that he was going to spend that week, he was going to spend that week praying for the nameless student. 
he was going to spend that week praying for that kid who felt left out and, and lonely and, and overlooked. That's what it is. Friends, that's our responsibility, just to do what we can, to, to get creative whenever necessary even, to do what we can. And that's, that's this nameless cupbearer story. I mean, I, I have to give him credit. I don't want to give him credit, but I'm going to give him credit anyway. Whenever Pharaoh got to the place where he needed help, when Pharaoh got to the place where he started dreaming dreams, the, the cupbearer, he jumped right in. And, and no, he didn't know exactly what to do about it, but he knew, he knew someone who, who might. Hey, I know a guy, <laughs> he said. Friends, that's a big part of what a responsible faith looks like. That's a big part of what a responsible faith sounds like. You're lost and hurting. Hey, uh, hey, I know a guy. You're scared, you're confused. Hey, uh, I know a guy. The very son of God, God in the flesh. And, and he's got a name. His name is Jesus. It's Jesus, friends. It is all about Jesus. Because there just isn't any other way. As we pray. Lord, this morning, we come to you and, and we thank you, God. We, we thank you for the mighty way that you have provided in our life, God. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. God, we're grateful. We're grateful that you love us even when we're ungrateful. And when we're irresponsible and when we're forgetful, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for the games that we play. For the choices that we've made that don't bring honor to you. And quite honestly, they don't even bring honor to us. Lord, forgive us and set our hearts right in this morning rather than getting lost in the flurry of words, Lord. We just pray for your transforming power, the power of your Holy Spirit to sweep through this place and to have your way in us. Lord, come to us and take us and change us and use us, God. Use us all and only for the glory of your name because it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.